Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hi, Scott. What's going on this week? Uh, Well, we got a crisis Mm -hmm. where Federal Reserve cut rates to zero. Yes. And, you know, that's helping some things in the economy, but it's also not helping savers. Totally. And savers are in this issue where it's okay, I've got my emergency fund because I'm doing a good job and I'm putting money aside for a rainy day, but all of a sudden those emergency funds aren't paying very much. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Yep. That's a really good question. Um, and it's one that we're getting more and more of from clients too because, you know, you um, you want your money to be working for you. You don't necessarily want it to just be doing nothing. Yep. Um, so yeah, let, let's break that one down today. Where should I keep my emergency fund? Yep. And I, and I think, you know, going back to episode number 19, if you're wondering how much should you have in your emergency fund, do you need an emergency fund? We address that question more thoroughly in episode number 19. So go mm-hmm. back and listen to that if, if you're looking for answers on that. But the next question or today's episode is where should you keep your emergency <clears throat> fund given how low interest rates are? Yeah. And before we dive into where you should keep it or the places that you can look to keep it. Why don't we start big picture? You, know, you can go back to listen to episode 19. We go into way more depth. But let's just talk big picture of why should I even have an emergency fund? Yes. Like what's the purpose the of this thing? purpose of the emergency fund is that just life happens, which we've been seeing in a whole lot of the past few months. Mm-hmm. And what an emergency fund is designed to provide is liquidity and safety in somewhere you can quickly access funds if an emergency happens. That's okay. So yeah, that you said it so fast. I'm going to say it again. It's just slower. Fully agree with you. And, and there, there's the stat that you always heard, especially at the beginning of this pandemic. Um, the average American doesn't have enough money to cover you know, a $400 emergency. So mm-hmm. clearly we're, we're big proponents of you having the money to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, once you have it, why do you have it? Liquidity, meaning I have access to the cash right away if I need it. And then safety, meaning the money, it's really not going to go down in value, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind yep. of the way I think of that. Yep. Um, and then I think the, the, the kind of the next level that we go to after that is if we can try to keep up with inflation, uh, or stay ahead of it, let's go do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But this is supposed to be a really, it's called an emergency fund. Yeah. Safety Yep. leads the way over over what rate of return can I get? Yes. And the thing that's happening is we're so used to getting higher rates before the Fed slashed rates that now we're coming back and going like, well, I'm not making as much money on this. Should I do something different? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see your emergency fund doing a little bit of work for you. Right. Getting you a few dollars in interest each month. And now all of a sudden you're looking at going, okay, well- interest rates aren't happening interest payments aren't really being paid out because of how low they are should we do something different with this money to to your point scott to still be able to preserve what we have but can we get better growth elsewhere right right um and then uh, but as far as the spectrum we're going to look at today there's like really really safe can't lose principal and then you could start to go over in other areas where you could potentially lose Mm -hmm. principal so Mm -hmm. why don't we start talking that through um 
you know, one of the first things that we've talked about many times before is high yield savings accounts. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic today. There's nothing really high yield yeah, about them. It's not. It's kind of they They should be renamed low yield savings. Yes. Accounts. Low yield savings <laughs> accounts that are slightly better than what you might get at a normal bank. Account. Although it's re- it is relative, mm-hmm. right? Which is true. So high yield savings accounts, you saw them more and more and you still do um, with online banks. So Ally Bank, Marcus, which is owned by Goldman Sachs, American Express, um, you know, Barclays, Barclays, Discover, all of these guys who don't have big, uh, you know, brick and mortar offices and in branches around the country, they started online savings accounts where they basically said, hey, come on over, give us your cash. We'll give you a little portion of the the difference in interest rates. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what they were doing. They were just giving back that you that you gave them. If 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 I went to them and I do. I went if I go to Marcus and I give Marcus $10,000 for safekeeping, they're going to go out and lend that money. Mm-hmm. And when they go out and lend that money, they make money off of the spread. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing at high yield savings accounts is they're letting us keep part of the spread. Keep more of the spread than a traditional bank. Cuz they don't have to pay for brick and mortar stores and, you know, all the employees inside of those stores, so or branches or whatever you want to call them. Right. So that that's what the benefit was. Um with the Fed slashing interest rates, the interest rate on the emergency fund has dropped precipitously. Yeah, if they could if they could take your money, Scott, and lend it at three percent and then turn around and pay you two, they're gonna pay it on that one percent, hypothetically. Yeah. Well now they can't lend it at three percent. They're right. lending it at a lower rate and so because of that they're paying you less. Yeah. And with that you're still getting a, you're still getting an interest rate. So in many ways it's it, it's still a suitable place for an emergency fund. It's just a lower amount than you would have gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what a lot of people are asking is, okay, well, is are there better options? Like, what right. do I do with that? Right, which is really the crux of this conversation today. Like, where should I keep my money? I want to do better than this. Now, one thing to say there, um, if interest rates – well, if when event- interest rates do eventually rise again in the future – For our children's um, children's children. Right. We'll see how long it takes. <laughs> these, um, these banks should – um, start increasing the high yield savings account rates mm-hmm. as well. You did see that happen before. When interest rates were going up, they would ratchet it up. When mm-hmm. interest rates were going down, they would ratchet it down. Because if if they want to be competitive amongst each other, yep. and if one of them's not, uh, everyone's going to move their money. Yeah, it's so and easy it's to move money now. You, very you easy. Do it with a few clicks. You t- there's typically no law. It's not like a, a CD where you have to keep your money there any certain period of time um, before you can move it. It's you can put your money in ally today and move it to barclays next week and move it to marcus the the following week not that that's advisable but yes yeah there was they have an, to there was to, even an app there was a, i forget the name of the company max my interest i think oh yeah that it? was that it max my interest which was literally designed to do that like yep. you would go open up you had to open up all the accounts but then it's little it's uh you know kind of version 1.0 of like ai it would go look at like well where's the best rate and it would just shuttle your money between the accounts to right. get you the best rate right um you know i don't know if the the squeeze is really worth it there but mm-hmm. okay so the high yield savings accounts you don't you can't lose your principal you're just earning that interest so it's a very safe place to be right now those earn around one percent that's kind yeah. of what i what i've seen you yeah, nothing exciting. One percent, some slightly more, some slightly less, but that seems to be the average. Yeah. Okay. So, where else can we go keep our money, uh, our emergency funds? So, if you want to preserve that safety and, and and don't want to lose money, probably the next step up the ladder would be that certificate of deposit. 
Mm-hmm. So a CD. And what's a certificate of deposit? A certificate of bu- deposit. A bank comes to you and says, hey, Scott, uh, give us your money and give it to us for six months or 12 months or some length of time. And for that, we're going to pay you a higher interest rate. Because you're going to commit to having your money here longer, we can commit to borrowing at higher rates, which means we can then credit your account a higher rate than you could in a high-yield savings account. Yeah. And so you look at certificates of deposit, and, and you can get them for any length of time, but we're, we have something pulled up right now. 12-month CDs right now, the highest ones paying close to about 2.5% or so. Mm-hmm. The highest a little bit higher, um, but 25 and then they scale all the way down to the, the mid to low ones, which isn't significantly higher than you get in a, in a high-yield savings account. Right. So what you're doing is with a CD, you don't have the flexibility to move your money to a different CD as interest rates change, you have to wait for the term to be over. That's maybe six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it is, but you cannot take your money out of that CD without paying the early withdrawal, not early withdrawal penalty, but you just lose the interest rate if you move your CD. So if I commit to having a CD for 12 months and 10 months in, I say, you know what? I want to do something different with my CD. Whatever interest I've accrued. Maybe there's an emergency, right? Maybe there's an emergency. you actually need the cash now. The exact point of this fund. You don't make, you don't get the interest rate. You don't get the interest rate. So do you lose money? No, but you, it's, if if you think there's a chance you might need that money, like you're saying, because it is your emergency fund, you might not want to commit it all to a CD. Yeah. Or if you want to get around, if you do see higher rates and you think it's worth the effort relative to being in a high yield savings account, then you could um, ladder CDs. So laddering just simply means I get a three month, I get a six month, I get a 12 month. And then I just keep rolling them. Yep. Right? So they keep getting different ages so that there's always one coming mature when I need when I potentially need cash or something. Yeah, every like three that. months or so you have a CD that that's paying you out. And yeah. and kind of like we were saying with that app, the Max Planters app, is the juice really worth the squeeze? Maybe when interest rates are higher. Right. It was more so today it's how much effort are you willing to put in to, to get a few extra bucks yep. in doing that. Agreed. But it is something that you can do to maintain your liquidity by laddering it and get a slightly higher rate of interest. And again, a certificate of deposit, you are not putting your money at risk as you started with. Yep. Correct. Okay, so from there, the next place that we could go is we could just keep our money in a checking or savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people would do that at a traditional bank. And if you do that at a traditional bank, you're basically going to earn nothing on your money. Um, they're not going to give you anything, an interest rate on that, really. It will literally be you know, 0.01% maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is there, and it's very liquid, and you have access to it the moment you need it. Yeah, and if you need to swipe a debit card to, to pay for something, you have that money available right there. Mm-hmm. When it's in a high-yield savings account, you can typically get to that money in 24 to 48 hours, but you can't spend it usually in a high-yield savings account. It's got to be transferred first to your main bank that is an excellent point which is actually one of the reasons why i love seeing emergency funds outside of the main banking hub Mm -hmm. because it is literally called an emergency fund yes so you have to actually think about accessing it Mm -hmm. rather than just having access to it at any time yeah it's it's like that whole you know with amazon why do we buy so much on amazon because it's so easy yes you know why do we tend to spend money when it's in our bank account because it's so easy by having a separate emergency fund elsewhere all of a sudden, it's not as easy to spend it. It prevents us from ourselves sometimes, which is a nice benefit. Yeah. So of and of the th- so of the three where where money money cannot uh, go up or down, our favorite is not traditional bank checking and banking. No. Uh, I, I personally prefer to see people use high yield savings accounts just because of the simplicity um, and the ease of use. Uh, yeah. CDs typically, I agree with you. Like the juice just doesn't seem to be worth the squeeze right now. Nope. 
you and I might advise someone to keep a small amount in a traditional bank account in their emergency fund in case they do need those funds right away. Uh, but the remainder, I'm usually advising that they put in in a high yield savings account yep. uh, or something like that. Well, and if you use like uh, like Chase for instance, they make you main. Uh, I use uh, check uh, accounts there. They they make you maintain like fifteen hundred bucks to not get charged the fee, right? Right. Well, just remember that fifteen hundred bucks um, is basically them lending it out mm-hmm. to cover that fee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to feel better about it, you can keep the fifteen hundred. Keep the fifteen hundred bucks there in there, and, and then you won't get charged the fee. So, yeah, for what it's worth. Totally. Um, okay, so from there we can kind of jump into. There are places you could go put an emergency fund beyond um, traditional banking systems that would expose you. Potentially could expose you to movement in the principal amount. Mm-hmm. Why don't we mm-hmm. talk about those? Yeah, so you could simply open up a what you'd call a taxable investment account. It's just you may hear it called a brokerage account, an individual account. Uh, opening up an investment account that is not a retirement account, meaning you can access your money at any time. And from there, you have the whole gamut of what you can invest in. You can be as conservative as using a money market account, which is going to be very similar to that high yield savings account or savings accounts in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's similar, and that it also is going to pay very little in interest. Yep, like we looked up a couple before we started the show today, and they were paying around 0.1 percent. Yeah. So less than a high-yield savings account, uh, money markets weren't really earning you a whole lot. They weren't earning you a whole lot. And so from there, if you're going to do this, you could start thinking about, okay, well, are you comfortable with having your money not fully protected with the principal? Like, are you are you comfortable subjecting yourself to a little bit in the ups and downs of the, of the market? Not necessarily the stock market, but just investing in something that won't be fully stable all the time. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you can look at bond funds. You have very conservative bond funds to even more aggressive bond funds and anywhere along that spectrum. But just keep in mind that the more return that you want, the higher interest rate you want on that, the more risk you're going to be subjecting yourself to. Mm-hmm. And you keep having to come back to the the point that you made at the very beginning, Scott, of what is the goal of this? Yeah, It's to preserve your capital. It's to preserve money if there's an emergency. And so just what's that fine balance between how much risk you're taking to get some growth versus treating this as something that's just not going to grow, but it's there for emergencies. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where like the amount of risk that you're willing to take comes in. And also just knowing exactly what you're saying, how much liquidity do you want? And are you willing to even, is it worth it for you to expo- to get, if you want to go build a, a portfolio right now, that'll get you that inflation like return. You have to expose yourself to potential downside risk right now. Yeah. You can see it's not really possible to not do that. So if you're willing to do that, just know what your your trade-offs are, I think is the point you're getting at, which makes a ton of sense. Yep, exactly. And, and you know, well, th- th- this is why I treat, I encourage people, don't look at this as an investment. Look at this more as insurance than anything else. And I because, fully agree with that too. To me, your emergency fund is your own insurance policy on life. Yeah. It's that, oh, wow, the, the world really fell apart and we're going to be okay. Yes. That's not something that you want to go gamble with. It's not. And and when you realize that by having an emergency fund, it frees you up to then go invest more aggressively in other parts of your financial life. Yeah. It does have a purpose and it does allow you to invest, yeah. but that shouldn't be the account that you do the investing in. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, the last place I think you, you could look at potentially to keep an emergency fund, um, Roth IRA. Yeah, a Roth IRA. And, and one of the nice things about a Roth IRA is any money that you put into the Roth IRA you can take that money out at any time with no taxes and no penalties. Contributions, not conversions. We did an episode on this. Thank you. So we're going to be very specific on that. But if you, especially for younger people, like if you put money in the Roth IRA 
uh, and they were contributions. Contributions can come out at any time for any reason. So mm-hmm. it can be an emergency fund for yep. you. Cool. Yeah, it, it can be. And like you said, depending upon the amount of risk that you personally feel comfortable taking in your in your emergency fund, well, the Roth IRA, it, it don't in many cases – it's almost like an emergency fund 2.0. If you go through your first emergency fund and need more money, um, Roth contributions are always accessible and there's no penalty, there's no taxes if you're just accessing the money that you contributed to your account, not any of the growth or conversions. I think we were on the same wavelength because that was exactly the same thought that came to my mind is that what a great backup to your your backup, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Keeping a little bit of the funds in the Roth and the bond component, keeping it stable. And then if you ever run through that emergency fund, well, here's your backup. Yeah, like I, I personally did this when I started my business. I had money that I invested, and it'll cost a little bit more at first than I had. And so I said, okay, well, I've put money in my Roth IRA the past several years. I can take money out, and it wasn't ideal, but it allowed me to access money without taxes, without penalty, and it worked out in the sense that I didn't have to pay a whole bunch of taxes or penalties I don't want to have to pay. Using your balance sheet to invest in yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Cool. Cool. So I think, I mean, my main takeaway, and I want to hear yours, is times are frustrating with savings accounts interest yes. rates are next to nothing but don't treat emergency funds as the part of your financial life or the part of your balance sheet where you should be looking to maximize your returns treat that part more conservatively treat it more as insurance and look to get better returns elsewhere but not necessarily in your emergency fund and be okay with that i have nothing to add fully Great. agree awesome well with that that's all I got. Anything else for you, Scott? No. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. And please send in questions as you have them. Um, and please uh, leave us a review if you like what we're doing for you uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. Yes. And if you haven't subscribed, do that as well. We do one of these every single week. So subscribe, leave a review, submit a question, and then there's nothing else for you to do but listen and learn. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to episode number 61 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website, which can be found at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your own question that Scott and I will answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.